Good morning, and welcome to A Totally Different Reality. I'm your host, Julia Sotis. Uh, today, we are going to be talking about intimacy. Um, our, my guest is Rioja Fortner, and she and I are going to be talking about intimacy in and out of the sheets. So welcome, Rioja. Hello. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thanks for being on. Um, so can you give me a little bit of, of background? Rioja and I have been friends for, I guess it's two years now. Um, we met at a seven-day retreat with Access Consciousness, and uh, we've been very, very close friends ever since. I'd say we have an intimate relationship, <laughs> according to our definition of intimate. And uh, so could you just tell us a little bit about your background, and, um, and uh, we'll get started. Sure. So <laughs> I have a very long background, so I, I'll try to keep it somewhat brief. But um, I grew up in a in a household with, um, I guess, a lot of uh, emotional, sometimes physical, mental um, abuse. But at the same time, the house was, was also filled with a lot of love, and so it was it was a really interesting way to grow up. Um, things were either going really really well in my home or they were just really volatile. And I got really, really good at reading um, people and really, really good at reading the situation. It was a way for me to, to kind of stay safe. Um, but I also, and I think it's because of the type of pattern, I, I developed a bipolar. Um, I've heard lots of different theories about what bipolar is, and I just think of it as a set of symptoms that we use not because that's who you are, what you are, but it is, it's a way of talking about a set of symptoms. And I know a lot of the newer ways of talking about mental illness is that too. It's like, that's not who you are. Um, these are symptoms you have when we've kind of lumped them together with this title. And over the years, um, it became more and more debilitating, and I needed more and more medication to stay healthy, and that's not how I wanted to live. So I started finding alternative methods to be healthy and happy without medication and be stable without all the mood swings and the other things associated that we tend to think of as bipolar. Um, it's, it's amazing how, how we create these illnesses or these big life-changing, you know, problems and, and, and they lead us to these amazing solutions and new ways of living. It's like the amount of people who say, like I say, well, how did you get into consciousness? And, and everybody's like, well, I, you know, I had bipolar, I had, you know, cancer, or, and now I don't, and I've got consciousness. It's, it's so funny how we create these things to, to lead us to something so much greater. Yeah, I think, it was, I think even that was a way to stay safe. Um, it, it was a way for me to car, uh, compartmentalize a lot of what was happening um, in my little brain. Um, mm-hmm. So did, I really grew up, I mean, what I, the home I was born into and the family I was born into and that I, I, really, I believe I chose um, was not healthy in any <laughs> stretch of the imagination. My, both my parents came from extremely abusive families themselves and um, there was so much pain and so much unkindness that I think developing the illness was a way of um, kind of com- like separating all those pieces out so that my little brain and my little being could deal with all the pain, right. not only mine but with everyone around me. And, um, and I think there's so many of us who come in as children and we're so aware 
and so kind and so compassionate and loving. And then we're, we, we, we step into these homes and families and this reality filled with so much unkindness. And I, I think we just are, we don't know how to deal with it. So I think that's a lot of what develops as far as mental health issues. And um, I'm really grateful to say that even with that, my parents were amazing. They knew they weren't healthy. And they set the example that I could re-choose my life at any time because I saw them re-choose theirs. It wasn't easy for them. But over the years, they, um, they really changed a lot of those abusive patterns and became healthier and healthier. And they set the example for me that I could do the same thing. And I did. So it's been a really interesting journey. And along the way, I found Access Consciousness, and I use many, many of their tools. And um, one of the keys for me is I, I've had um, a lot of long-term, well, a couple of really long-term relationships with individuals. And I've always had some dear, dear friends. And I realized that um, I treated my friends differently than my quote-unquote romantic relationships. Right. And one of the things I've learned is when I took out the expectation of relationship, it really changed what I could create in and out of the bedroom with my partner. And um, my newest relationship, my newest enjoyable other, it's probably been the lightest, the easiest, the most fun. Because when I start to feel disappointed or feel frustrated or feel like something's not going the way I'd like it to, um, I don't even talk to him about it until I have figured out, if one, if it's even mine, Two, if this is just an old pattern coming up or I have expectations about who and what he should be that really um, isn't ha- doesn't have anything to do with him. Right. And if it really doesn't have anything to do with him, I work it out on my own and I never even bring it up. Now, if it is something that we need to look at because it's not working for me and it's not working for him, you know, then I bring it up to him. But most of the time it's my own expectations, my own judgments, my own, like, stepping out of gratitude for him and stepping into expectations. And that's what creates a lot of the funk. But, um, again, I work most of that on my own and never even have to talk to him about it. And that's really fun. It's fun not to go there. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that kind of begs the question, um, what, what is intimacy to you? Um, well, I, intimacy is a lot of different things to me. Um, and I, I really stepped into something called the five key elements of intimacy with me first. And what that is to me is honor, trust, vulnerability, allowance, and gratitude. And um, so if I had that with me, what it would look like with me is I treat myself with regard, which means I do those things that are honoring of me. Um, And when I can be honoring of me, it allows me to be honoring with the partner, with my friends, with other people like you that that I'm intimate with. And so um, that would be treating me and people in my life with regard. Um, And I guess I kind of take that back to the golden rule, treat others the way you want to be treated, and treat yourself the way you want to be treated. I think so many of us forget that piece. Um, trust. I know that I'm going to be the way that I'm going to be. There are certain behaviors and patterns that I have that I haven't um, decided to change it. And I, I know that about myself. And I can just trust that, you know, when I first come in, I'm probably going to just dump everything on the kitchen table. Later I'll take care of it. <laughs> but it be, you know, I just know that's what I'm going to do. Um, and it's having that same trust as someone else. It's not trusting that someone's 
never going to lie to you. I've heard this thing, and I love it. My my um, my enjoyable other says this all the time. He goes, never trust an honest man, but you can always trust a liar to be a liar. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and I love that, you know, and uh, we've got this big choke. He says, yes, I'm truthful 95% of the time, and you can take that to the bank. <laughs> Am I getting the five percent right now? And he'll just grin and laugh, you know, because I'm really aware, and I know when I'm getting that five percent. But I can trust that, you know. I can trust that about him. I can trust that about myself. But it makes it so much more fun when you can add some humor to it. Yeah, yeah. I think that a lot of of intimate relationships sort of start to lose their their. They can start to lose their humor over time as it becomes sort of like a routine and stuff like that. So that's really cool. Yeah, I think it has to do with expectations, which is different than trust. Expectation is I expect you to behave a certain way, and when you don't, I'm going to be disappointed. Whereas trust is I'm going to trust you to be who you are um, in the parts of you I know. And so I think we, we can take that trust thing and we can misidentify and misapply it with expectations. And I, I've noticed if you're feeling disappointed, take a step back and look at what your expectations were. And if you didn't have expectations of what it was supposed to look like, who that person is supposed to be, could you have more fun um, with your partner, especially in bed? Because that's, that's probably one of the most fun parts about a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It will be a great part of the conversation to get to. Yes. Um, so actually, though, like, what is the difference between intimacy in the sheets and outside of the sheets? Um, I don't think there is. Okay. Um, I think um, I think we create that there is because um, we've made sex such a big thing in our yeah. society and in our relationships. Yeah. Um, now that doesn't mean you know. Granted, I'm I have chosen to be with just one person, and so I am intimate with him it, um, physically with only him. However, um, if I've got those five keys of intimacy outside the bedroom. It allows me to have them inside the bedroom too, which creates some phenomenal effects because you're honoring the other person's body and their being. You're asking think questions. Like when I'm with my partner, I don't say these things out loud, but I'm always asking his body and being like, how would you like me to touch you? Where can I touch you now that will feel good? How, how can I please you and your body? Mm-hmm. Um, and my hands and my mouth and my body will move in different ways that it might not the time before. So we don't have, um, we've been together six months now, and we don't have, I guess, rope sex. It's different every single time. Um, and partly because I'm constantly asking energetically, and sometimes I ask out loud, how would you like me to touch you? What would you like right now? And he does the same for me. Um, I'm vulnerable. When I like or don't like something, I'm willing to say it. Um, I'm willing to lower my boundaries and be really present when something feels good or it doesn't feel good and be able to talk about it. Can I interject there? I think that um, a lot of people, myself included sometimes, have trouble really just saying this is exactly what I like, this is what works for me. Um, Like for somebody who's just starting out with that sort sort of vulnerability, um, like how would you go about that? Um, 
Well, first, I'd like, there's a part of me that wants to stand, and maybe this is the mom and me, is if you can't talk to your partner about that stuff, you shouldn't be sleeping with them. Yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't be having sex with someone that you don't have, um, um, I don't know, I guess enough, aren't willing to be vulnerable enough with. And that can be a one-night stand, even. Like, I've had lots of those, to be honest. And, and even then, I'm asking, you know, letting them know, and if they're not open to that, my, usually my body doesn't choose them anyway. Back before, when I was single, I asked my body who it would want to be with. Right. And I would trust it because people pop for you. And, and so even those, um, those became intimate connections, whether or not I ever saw them again. Um, I don't know some people think that's, oh, my gosh, ah. But for me, it was fun. And it was safe because I, I really trusted my inner knowing around that. But I guess, you have to be willing to lower all your boundaries to yourself and the other person. And um, you might want to start with just something as simple as, you know, um, may I tell you how that feels? Um, and most of the time, I, men like to know that they're pleasing you. And I know as a woman, I like to know when I'm pleasing a man. So if you can think of it in those perspectives, is you know, or you know, um, if you could move just a little bit this way, that might feel, that would feel even better. Or, um, sweetie, or some term of endearment, that's a little uncomfortable. Do you mind if we try something else? Right. But from a place of not, not, not accusing, but what, is, what you're experiencing, it's a lot like communicating outside of the bedroom. If you're approaching it from a place of kindness to you, and it's not kind to you to have someone touch your body in a way that doesn't feel good, and it is kind to you to ask someone to continue to touch your body in a way that feels good. And so if you can think of it that way, I don't know if I answered your question very well. No, but, absolutely. Um, yeah. So just be willing to um, say, and, you know, you don't always have to use words. I think that's another, I don't really talk that much. <laughs> I, might, I, I make a lot of sounds. A lot of times you can let someone know something feels good just by the sounds that you make and your breathing. And if you're willing to pay attention to that as a partner too, you can tune in to what they like and don't like. And sometimes I'll even just gently put their hand where I want it. And um, they, I've gotten great feedback from that. My partner loves when I let him know how and where I want to be touched. And again, not a whole lot of verbalization is going on, but there are sounds and um, moving, moving. Sometimes I'll just move my body into a position I like as well. And he does the same, and it's really yummy. And then, too, um, no judgment, which I guess would be, be in total allowance of, of the other person and how they are sexually without judging. If they do things different than you're used to, how could that be a contribution to you rather than going into that place of judgment? It's no fun um, being intimate sexually with someone who is judging you or you're judging them. Totally. Um, and sex is like, it's a funny thing. Like, it can be really awkward. There's juices everywhere. You're in all these different positions. And it's like, you know, being willing to just totally have fun and have no expectation is what is really the no expectation, like you said yeah. before. That's just so key to creating magic. And I know that um, for me, you know, destroying and uncreating the best sex I ever had every time creates a whole new experience the next time. <laughs> I was telling someone else, I fire. I, I do things like I fire and I break up with them in my head. Because sometimes destroying and um, 
destroying and creating something for me, like my brain goes, what is that? And I get all caught up in the words. And so what's fun for me to do is I'll fire them. <laughs> in your head? Or, I've done that, yeah. actually. Like or I'll say, in my head, I'm breaking up with him, and, and I'm, I'm, my next, next time I have sex, it's going to be even better, you know. Um, and that way I don't get locked into it being the same way. And it's more fun that way. Oh, and I do set I do set some expectations sometimes, especially with a new partner. I'll tell them things like, you know, you're going to hear me laugh, and it's because I'm having fun. It's right. not it's just, but I when I know certain things about myself, and I will tell them, um, I laugh, and I sometimes am loud, and um, sometimes I'm quiet. So it's going to be different. But if you hear me laughing, it's because I'm really enjoying myself. Well. And um, that way, because a lot of men, um, especially if they're, they're, you know, haven't done a lot of um, work on themselves, they, they hear you start laughing when you're having sex and they take it personal. They don't realize it's just, I'm a person who laughs a lot and when I'm enjoying myself, I'm going to laugh. Right. And so, so, so much. Sex is such a serious, significant, let's get down to a business almost. And, and yes. It's so, like, it, it should be for the joy of it and the fun of it, and, and it should always be an expansion of your life. And usually it's like, you know, there's just, it's so significant and there's so much around it. And when people, you know, like the standard dating procedure is like a lot of people, some people date for the joy of it and the fun of it, and a lot of people date to fill the shoes of the person that they could spend the rest of their life with. And so yeah. like it's impossible to have fun if people, if you're if you're, you know, going to be with somebody based on, well, do I like this about them? Do I not like this? Is this going to work out in the future? It's like there's no <laughs> presence in that. It's like you're just checking off a resume, like looking at a resume and checking off a checklist. So Yes, I know. I had so <laughs> my current partner um, is all the things I told myself I would never date because I had this list of rules um, about who I was going to have in my life. Yeah. Um, no smoking, no chewing, no um, no excessive drinking. Um, wasn't really into anyone with tattoos or piercings. Like, a, you know, a, 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 a tattoo here or there was fine, but, you know, no excessive, um, you know, I don't know, tattoos. So I have a, uh, my, my partner has facial, ta- facial piercings. He has a tattoo on his neck, on his arms, on his legs, on his back. Um, he shaves his head. He does these funky fun things with his beard when he has one. Um, he, bo- he does not smoke cigarettes, but he smokes cigars and he chews sometimes. Um, there are times he gets um, dr- drinks excessively and at times he doesn't drink at all and he is so undefinable that I'm having a lot of fun even when it's like like to be honest I don't find chewing necessarily attractive but I am in total allowance of him and grateful for who he is in my life and I, I often wonder how many beautiful people did I keep out because I judged some behavior that had nothing to do with who they are he's one of the kindest men I've ever met and he um he has a way of just being really present with me that, that I haven't really experienced before. And, um, you know, it's, it's really, it's been 
just fun. And I didn't know that was possible to have so I mean I've had fun in relationships, but not it not like this ongoing lightness. And I'm really grateful. And that's the other key to to intimacy is being grateful. If you are truly willing to be grateful for how they're showing up and that they're showing up, um, you are not going to have time to be angry or resentful or have expectations. So when I find myself going there, I start trying to find, I'll start with like five, five things I can be really grateful for for him. Mm-hmm. And then I add, keep adding until a lot of whatever's going on with me starts to clear up. Because again, most of the time it's my stuff. It has nothing to do with him. Right. Can you, I, I, like what you're describing, and you said it before, is, is presence. Like it's actually mm-hmm. being with the person. And I feel like, like for me, like, you know, I've done a lot of meditative work and Eckhart Tolle and Deepak Chopra and all that kind of stuff. And, I'm, you know, I've always been searching for presence. And I kind of, I think that a lot of people sort of go to the idea that it's sort of like this far off thing or what is presence or it's like just sitting with med- like meditating looking at a candle and it was interesting because I was at um, the Symphony of Possibilities class with Dr. Dane in Toronto this weekend and I watched the way that he facilitated people and the level of presence that he had with each person that he was facilitating like and it wasn't even that he like specifically you know listened to the stories that they had to tell but it was like the energy of who he is and his being looked at the energy of who they are and their being and like spoke to that and it was like everything else fell away and it was amazing and I was like oh that's like that's what presence is Mm-hmm. And I've been so much more able to like really be with people now, and and I that like seems like the most key part to intimacy, and and the part that you're describing is like, it's not like I thought it was this airy fairy sort of, not airy fairy, but almost like difficult somber sort of thing. Like I am with you, but it's it's just it's like your being just being with their being. Just be, yeah. and it's just like if you're, sex, if you're gonna have sex from there, and intimacy, you know, with your friends and whoever else. That's like for me, like I'm just realizing, like presence is what intimacy is. Do you have yeah. you know something to? Yeah, and I, I would I would add to that that it's also like one of the things we do is. Um, there's certain behaviors, friends and family, and even we have that sometimes we don't necessarily like. Right. And you, the minute you judge that, the minute you're like um, feeling like they should be different, is you step out of presence. Right. And just really be, and that goes back to the allowance piece. So you know, someone's being loud and obnoxious in a moment, and you don't, you don't have to like it, but thinking they're supposed to be or, or that they should choose something else, going to that place is what starts to kill intimacy. Right. You can just acknowledge that, hey, you know, I don't really like that behavior. Right. But but as long as you're not thinking they need to be or show up differently than that, you're going to stay in intimacy. When you think they need to be different, that's when you start stepping out of it. Right. That's interesting, yeah. (laughs) Learning to how to not, like, 
shy away from what's actually going on for you or like half live, you know, like fully live. Like <laughs> one of my favorite things to do is if I'm going to cry or I'm upset about something, I'll turn it into a theatrical performance and run around the house like wailing and look at myself in the mirror crying and watch my tears come out and and just like overdo it and it feels so good it's like it turns like it completely eliminates the problem and right. it just sort of falls away and you're just totally present with what is so if you can learn to do that with your partner and just like not from an unkindness but like just really be really honest about where you're at and not just say, oh, well, I should be over this or this shouldn't bother me and, and just really put your walls down and your barriers down and, and, and be with them. That's pretty yes, cool. yes. And even, and again, with yourself, so you're creating intimacy, intimacy with yourself. You know, I wake up sometimes and I'm just not in a good mood or I'm feeling sad and I've gotten to the point, I, I really don't judge myself anymore. Um, I sometimes, and there's, this is a very mild distinction, I will sometimes try to make myself wrong. <laughs> right. I will still try to do that. But I've, I, even when I'm doing that, I'm not judging myself for it. Right. And um, one of the things, I'll wake up just on the wrong side of the bed, and I'm like, well, if, you know, if I'm going to be a grouchy bitch today, I am going to be the best damn grouchy bitch I can be, and I'm going to have fun. Or if I'm going to be sad today, I'm going to be as sad as I can possibly be. I am going to have as much fun being miserable as I can be, and it sounds like that's what you've been doing. Exactly. And it, 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 it takes the significance out of it so that when you're ready to choose a different way of being that day, you can. Yeah, exactly. But it's acknowledging that this is where I'm at right now. And acknowledging this is where I'm at right now allows you to choose something else. Yeah. Yeah. And I get over it really fast. I'm like, okay, that was fun. And now I'm tired. Now I'm going to go back to being happy and having fun. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, okay, I'm over it. So, yeah. <laughs> um, you, were, you were talking before about, you know, we were talking about, I was talking about their their being and really being present with their being, and you were talking about um, their body and asking their body where it would like to be touched and and what it would feel good to it. And can you talk a little bit about the difference between a body and a being, sort of in regards to intimacy? Um, yeah, um, it's a really good question, and I'm gonna let me. I might have to talk around it for a little bit because I don't okay. always have the words. Does that? The being is um, the being encompasses the body, right? But the body has its own things that it likes. It that sometimes the being and the body aren't in sync. I don't know if you've ever run across that. And so um, sometimes the body will want something that sometimes the being doesn't. And so I I I find that really interesting. <laughs> Most of the time, the being's happy with whatever the body wants to do, unless it's in regards to food, and that's something completely different. <laughs> but um, the body might like, um, in that particular moment, a soft caress or even a really firm one. Some people um, or want something a little more aggressive and other times a little soft, whereas sometimes the being wants kindness. The body's not necessarily... Um, thinking in terms or being in terms of kindness. So to be kind to the being sometimes is touching the body in a way that it would like to be touched, even if that's 
might be more forceful one time and more gentle the next. Or um, I, I don't know if that makes any sense. I, I, do, you, do you understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah. Um, do you, like, can you kind of explain specifically um, how the body and the being are different but work together? So, oh gosh, that's really, <laughs> that's a complicated question. <laughs> um, so the being is, the being is all of us. It's all of our experiences across all lifetimes, across all universes, across, you know, it's, it is our fullest, most divine, I guess, way, uh, divine self, if you wanted to talk about it that way. It is our ultimate knowing. It's, it's the, the us we are when we don't have a body. Right. Um, it, and it's the us we are when we do have a body. The body um, is our heart, our mind, the physicalness of us, and it's got its own energy and agenda too. And sometimes it's in simpatico with our beings, and sometimes it's wanting slightly different things. Um, we as a being choose our bodies, and start to shape our bodies. And then we get to this reality and we buy into a lot of stuff with this reality and that's when some of the discord happens. Um, different things we've experienced can get locked into our bodies and that starts to create some confusion about what our bodies want versus what our beings want. Um, sometimes our bodies want comfort um, when what our beings want is growth and change and you can't necessarily have both at the same time. Um, and as through bars and different body processes, people are able to release a lot of the stuff we've locked in and the distractor implants and different things that are locked into our bodies that keep us from really um, allowing our bodies just to be in, in sync with our being. Right. And um, so sometimes the kindest thing you can do is be what the body requires, uh, even when it's not always... Um, in total alignment with the being, and trusting your knowing because you're going to know. And, and when you ask um, both being and body about how they want to be touched and what they require and what the kindness, you'll know. There's yeah. just a knowing to it. And um, it's not really a doing. It's really just an ask. And when you're willing to ask that, you will find that a lot I know, I, I know you do energy work, so it's a lot like doing energy work and asking what that body requires. Your hands start to move of their own accord a lot of times and, and seem to go exactly where they're needed. Right. And it's, like the, it's like the minds kind of go away and the bodies get to really communicate. Yes, yes. And one of the beautiful things about that, too, is if you're, if you're willing to ask... Um, uh, what? How much can this person and this body? How much can this person receive from me? Um, my enjoyable other. Um, I don't think he's had a lot of kindness in his life, and um, I have to be very aware of how much he can receive because when I give too much, it's not kind. It, it's almost overwhelming to him. And the same thing with with um, during sexual intimacy is what's kind? What kind of kindness? What can they receive from me right now? Um, because when we give more than someone can receive, it's it's not a kindness. And so um, that's another thing you can ask. And again, it's not something you're asking out loud. Um, that would just be kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, 
it's something. It's it's kind of a way of being that um, you you really don't necessarily. Once you start learning to be that way, it's not something you even have to ask. It just becomes a way of being with your partner in and out of the bedroom. It's just that how much can they receive just kind of is who you are with them. And that's such a kindness, and it creates even really some amazing um, copulation. <laughs> <laughs> copulation. Oh, copulation. That's awesome. <laughs> um, I noticed that uh, our I've been um, – uh, Judy has been asking questions every week, and she's been her questions have been an awesome contribution. Um, and there's a, a few others on the line here, so I just want to open up the the line here. Uh, if anybody has any questions for Rioa, well, um, I probably will in a few minutes. Julia, <laughs> it's, it's, it's Judy here. I actually couldn't get through. I've been trying and trying, so um, yeah. Oh, okay. Was the was all the call-in information okay? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was. It's the same number I've been using since the beginning. It's just whatever. It just kept putting me to a voicemail. So. Oh, okay. Um, so, Rio, um, can you talk a little bit about the difference between, like. Like it sort of goes along with intimacy between the sheets and outside of the sheets, but what is the difference sort of between sex and intimacy? And like intimacy is just a part of sex. Like what is sex for you and what is intimacy? And like where do they sort of come together? I know we've touched on this a little bit, but I'd love to get like a clear picture of kind of how that works. So um, the way I've been using sex today is copulation, and it's when the bodies come together. So it's actual sexual intercourse. Um, and um, intimacy, I guess, is more of a way of being with people. Um, and when you, have an, when you have true intimacy with someone, the sex can be just, um, oh, my gosh, amazing. It'll blow your mind. Um, it, it, it just, it's satisfying on so many different levels. And like I said before, that it doesn't necessarily have to be, you can have intimacy with someone without necessarily being in relationship with them. You can be intimate with people um, sitting that you're on a bus stop with or that you meet in the supermarket. It's a, it's a way of being in the world without barriers, being in total allowance, being in total gratitude, being in total trust. Um, and so you can develop intimacy. You can be intimate with yourself. And as you're intimate with yourself, it, it just, it, again, that becomes a way of being in the world um, that allows you to have it with anyone you meet. Now, when you have that with the people in your world, when you're truly being able to have intimacy, the greatest part of that is there's no judgment there. Um, and total allowance of how people are showing up, and they notice, they know it, and they can. There's a joy in that that people are drawn to, yeah. and what that creates in sex is just um, even if it's someone that you don't know well, even if it's not someone that you're quote unquote in a relationship with, it creates really juicy, yummy, mind blowing sex. Um, whatever that is to you, it's going to create. Like my definition of mind-blowing sex might be different than yours or someone else's, but it's going to create those kind of um, physical, sexual connections that just really feel good to both the body and the being. 
Right. And and um and part of you know part of I've heard Gary talk about this and, and it wasn't till this last year that I, I realized what he meant. There are some people that you're gonna come across and they require that judgment in order to be sexually intimate and to have sexual um to be basically to be able to get off, they need judgment because how they've done sex their whole life is through judgment. And going coming at them with no judgment at all right away is not it's not what they're it's not how they're used to finding fulfillment sexually. And yeah. so you can you can turn that on, you can bring that in without being judgmental. And right. I know that sounds really kind of like an oxymoron. But you can choose to bring judgment into that sexual encounter without actually judging the other person. You can be willing to be that as a kindness to create some really amazing sex. It's using your awareness and your tools, and um, and it works. And again, that's part of asking the body and being, like what, how they'd like to be touched. And you could even add, how would they like to be judged right now? And make it like in your head a role play. Oh, I'm going to play the role of this judgmental person in this area so that they can have sexual fulfillment. Right. And um, it's kind so of how, fun, actually. <laughs> how, would you, how would you sort of bring, like, like you would ask to just bring in that energy? Like how do you do it? Like for me, it, it would just sort of be like just snap your fingers and kind of ask to be whatever that needs to be energetically? Like, is that sort of how you, how you yeah, do it? Like, yeah, it's, asking, it's like, I'm going to be whatever, whatever they require right now. Yeah, exactly. Okay. You know, and um, they might need, sometimes the judgments aren't even that. They might need you to judge them as the most viral, studly porno guy ever. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And they might need you to, they might need you to be judging yourself a little bit as, like, oh, I'm not quite good enough for you, which, you know, you may not, that's not who, you just be that energy. It doesn't mean that you actually believe it. But that's how some people, um, that's how some people find fulfillment and basically get off is through judgment because that's how they've learned. Now, when you're, if you continue on and you're developing a relationship by being willing to be a different energy and have moments where you pull back on that and you aren't that, it allows that for them as well. Right. Because when one person in a relationship changes or in a system changes, everything around it will start to change. But if you do it in a way that they can receive, it's going to be much gentler and they're going to create a much more fulfilling, fun encounter and or relationship if that's what you desire. Right. I've experienced, like totally experienced both sides of that coin because when I first started doing this work, I, you know, had a few par- a couple of partners that were very very kind and had no judgment and had you know been working with consciousness for a long time and it was like i would almost get angry or like i wouldn't know what to do because there was no judgment to like create the sexual turn on like i just wouldn't know what to do and mm-hmm. and then now i notice that <laughs> after however many years i i'm just like this space and i don't have any judgment of them and i notice the people that i've been with who who maybe don't do this work or or you know have a lot of sexual judgment in their world they're like frightened or upset or intimidated (laughs) so it's been really interesting to go from like totally totally not knowing what the hell is going on like why does this person not have judgment like do they even like me but it's like a totally different 
reality in regards to sex. So, yeah, it's been really, really interesting to kind of transition from one to the other. And, and, And it's so it's so funny because like a lot of, you know, access people or whatever you want to call it, like, or people who are doing consciousness or spirituality, like they only want to be with people who, you know, are conscious or, but, you know, that's, I think that that point of view really lacks presence because if you're willing to be totally present with the person that you're with, then it really doesn't necessarily make a difference. You can just ask for the greatest results or the greatest experience or the greatest orgasm and, and just really be with that person and be present enough to to create whatever you would like to create. And that being said, yeah, and, like and you not, can, not every you person can, is going to, um, you know, be fun to have sex with. But, right. yeah, absolutely. And one of the things... Can I um, question here? Oh, sure. Um, like I, I'm kind of, well, I, I want to say I'm fairly new at this, but I'm not. But being really m- uh, much more aware of the energies present in any situation. But I'm fi- like, oh, how do I word this? I don't, um... I don't always choose people who have the same amount of awareness as me or, or whatever, but um, I always seem to be still overwhelming people, even though I'm coming from, or at least I think I am, coming from a space of just being present with them. Is there something I could be doing differently? Um, I would ask, how much can they receive from you? And... And it's not about turning part of yourself off. It's about not putting all of you out there. And no, not, it, it, it's, it's like if you are a fire hose but someone can only take um, a trickle, right. you just turn it down a bit. And so, um, oh, I get that. and, and that's, that's a kindness. And sometimes people even can't, some people really can't even receive you full presence. And so you give them what they can receive. Wow. And it's really, an analogy with the fire hose. Yeah. I like yeah. that. And and it's, it's, and some people, man, the fire hose isn't enough. You need to you need to bring more because of that. They're that much more. They have that many more tools and and that much more awareness. But um, it's 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 kind of like we don't expect you know babies to come out and walk right away. And it's the same thing when you are really a, a, a terribly aware person and you really have a huge capacity, um, allowing people to take baby steps with you as they get used to being around someone so fully present is a kindness and it's an invitation to them to choose more as well. Okay, I get that. So, no. Thank you. And a lot of it starts even before like you meet them. Like if you really want to have really yummy sex and really really intimate people in your life, start asking the questions before you're in the situation. Like, um, gosh, this is, and, and make a demand. I want these kind of people to show up. And body, show me who would be fun to be with. And being, show me who you'd like to connect with. And a lot of times, it's not going to be who you thought. Like I shared with my new enjoyable other, um, if you had told me seven months ago that I would meet someone six months ago, um, like my enjoyable other, I, 
I couldn't even have pictured it. And it's been amazing and fun and, um, and sometimes really uncomfortable. Um, I'm really getting to um, look at a lot of old patterns that I've had and things that I have, I, I've created in past relationships that start to come up. I've been able to look at that and choose something else. Um, and it's, it's really been... Um, it's really been cool. I'm really enjoying, enjoying this relationship more than any I've ever had. And the sex is amazing. So. <laughs> nice bonus. <laughs> um, I just I wanted to expand on one thing you said, Rio. Um, like, for, for me, I, 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 and you said this before, I always ask, like, what would it take? I ask this in bar sessions. I ask this in body work sessions. I ask this in sex sessions. I even ask this if somebody says, well, you know, what do you do for a living? And I have to explain what I do. I, I always, always, always ask the question, um, what would it take for me to gift this person everything that they're willing to receive in this moment and not an ounce more? Yeah. So, because I always find that if I give more, it's sort of returned to me with daggers attached to it, or like, mm, or that cool. energy of you're freaking weird, or that's too much, <laughs> or so yeah. I always sort of add in that I would love, like, what, like, universe, what if I gave them everything that they're willing to receive and and not an ounce more? Yeah, and that's true kindness. Yeah, um, kindness. Um, Dane said this this weekend. It was really nice. He said, kindness is the ability to look into someone's word, world, um, see what they require, and deliver it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought I that was totally, really, totally agree with that. Really beautiful. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I um, I just, I know that the more intimacy I've had been able to develop with myself, is how I've been able to have it with other people. And so I really do believe the key is having intimacy with you first. In fact, I, I wrote a, I have a blog called Intimacy Me First that tells the story about me getting really, really sick. Um, I had taken um, an amazing amount of classes. I think it was like something like 19 or something. And um, my father had gotten really sick and passed away. And I, I just, got sick to the point I couldn't get out of bed. And I ended up finding out um, a month after it took it, I was out of commission for about a month. And about three weeks in, they finally um, found out that I had liver damage. And so then I took some time to heal that. And um, then I was fine. But I really think that one of the reasons that I got this is so I could develop intimacy because I was so exhausted that getting up to go to the bathroom was that was like a major event for me. I, that was just, I have to hold on to things and kind of scooch my way to the bathroom. It was exhausting and, and painful. And um, and I, I was too tired to read. And I am one of those people who devours books. Didn't want to listen to anything. And the word intimacy popped in my head. And I looked up the five key elements. And every day I'd pick one. And I'd ask how I could have that with me. And some days, some days I take the same one a couple days in a row, and then I go back to another one. And I, I started getting it more and more into my muscle and having a deeper and deeper understanding of what having each one of those with me would mean. 
and what, what would it look like and who would I be and how could I be different if I were willing to honor myself. And then I would take a day and i like, what would that look like if I honored myself today? What would that look like? And, and so even in sick, I'd say, okay, how can I best honor myself today? And then the next day would be trust, the next day vulnerability, or I might stay a couple days on vulnerability. And by the time I was well, I really felt as if I had intimacy with myself for the very first time in my life. And it started to shift and change all my relationships. Um, Megan said to me the other day, you know, she has her, she, she's committed to herself first. And developing intimacy with yourself first is, is that. It's being committed to you first to being kind to you and to having all, you know, being willing to put your own oxygen mask on so that you can be there for other people and help them with theirs. So that's kind of where I'm at and, and what I've done to develop um, this with me. And it's made it so much more fun and easy to have it with other people. Yeah. Um, yeah, almost like, yeah, well, it's what my mom always said. You have to have to love yourself before you can love others. And what mm-hmm. love means, I'm not too sure, but <laughs> um, <laughs> the intimacy part. <laughs> um, I was just going to say, I was thinking about, like, I was just sort of listening to what you were saying and pondering to myself, like, you know, when have I really felt, like, intimacy with myself or, you know, been really non-judgmental and just totally grateful for myself? And th- thinking about like using the the who does this belong to tool is it's, it's like kind of seems like far off from what we're talking about but it's exactly what we're talking about because mm-hmm. the more that i realize what my being is doing and what my actual like what i'm perceiving and what my awareness is and i all the layers of other people's thoughts start to go away like like i just i'm realizing so, so much lately about like how I am the room that I am in. I'm like I ha and I'm changing this, but like if I'm in a room I just become the people in the room, like some sort of conglomeration and it looks like me and it smells like me, but it's not me because I'm I'm being well, I'm being what's required of me and I'm sure I'm a lot more present than I give myself credit for. But like when I'm like, okay, so everybody in this room has their barriers up right now. So does is that why I, you know, have my barriers up? And then I just, you know, return everything in the room to the people in the room or to to whatever is going on. And then I'm like, oh, that's me. Well, that's mm-hmm. so much easier. And 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 so even like most people. And, and and for a long time, like, I just had no concept of who I was while thinking I knew who I was. And when I return everything and just get get to me and to, to my being, I'm like, oh, that's intimacy with myself. And, and I just have so much gratitude for who I actually am. The only times I get frustrated or things don't work out is when I'm being everybody else and the problems mm-hmm. that they have bought as real. So and it's really it's really easy to do that too, especially if you um, are allowing yourself to be really vulnerable and and with no barriers. Um, we're going to be more aware, yeah, um, much much more aware. So you're going to pick up on a lot of what's going on with your partner, and that becomes really important to ask, who does this belong to? Is it mine? Is it theirs? Oh, totally. Um, like know, in a relationship or in bed? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. 
it, it can be um, it can be the difference between um, <laughs> a really healthy, fun relationship and one that just sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I so, notice like when relationships aren't working, I'm like, oh my gosh, I've completely become them. Like I am living in their world. Like this has nothing to do with me anymore. I've disappeared. And then I have to, like, you know, step back and return things to sender. And and then, you know, it's like, it's amazing how, and it's it's one of our, our, it's part of our greatness to be able to shift and change and be a chameleon and fit into every situation. But it's just when it gets twisted into, like, taking it on as though it's you. Yes. And it's, it's also, like, making it real. Like, you can sense it, you can eat, you can, as long as you think of it as, oh, I'm aware of all this and I can play in this, I can play in this sandbox. But the minute I make all of it real and, and forget I'm playing, that's when it really get, can get twisted and, and weird. Like, being aware of what's going on and becoming the chameleon when it's necessary. Just don't buy the, the I guess, the performance. Right. Remember that it, it's part of the game. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I know a lot of um, I I have um, I'm a trained um, theater actress as my major in college, and I do some acting, little acting modeling still today. And um, I remember when I first started out, I would become the character so deeply that I would forget to stop after I was off stage. Oh, and, um it, it's exhausting. <laughs> it is exhausting. <laughs> and so, like, if you're really willing, really willing just simply to be who you are and, and remember there are times to wear different hats that don't make the hats real. Like, yeah. there's different roles we all have to play. And it's, you know, and, and to take advantage of this reality and our awareness and what we know. And, um, and if you're like me um, at all, I really like it when things are win-win. When I when I use the things that I know, it's usually to create better for everyone involved. Um, I'm one of those people. I want to take everybody with me. It's no fun going by yourself. I don't want to necessarily. I don't need to be in charge. I don't. I just want everyone to come play with me and let's go have fun and let's be happy and let's let's spread more kindness and joy in the world. And I really think that all starts with us. It all starts with us being willing to be intimate with us, and I think one of the biggest keys is to be grateful for who we are, for our gifts, and to stop judging ourselves. And um, there are a lot of really great ways to do that and a lot of really great tools to help you step out of that. And uh, I know Julie and I both use a lot of the Access Consciousness tools to do that. Um, And there's other things. So I just really encourage and invite you to find what works for you, to be gentle with yourself, and and to really step out of self-judgment. Totally. Well, I think we're pretty much at the end of our hour here. Um, so thank you so much, Rioa. This has been really cool. Um, and do you have any upcoming shows? I know you have uh, your radio show. Um, and so could you just tell people a little bit about what you're up to? Sure. So I, um, I'm, I have a website, www.rioa.com. I'm still trying to figure out how to link my website or my radio show to it. I also have a radio show called Simply Game 
on a2zen.fm, which actually Julia is going to be on it with me next week, and we're going to talk about stepping into your royalty. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. And that's every Monday at 10, but you can also listen to the podcast later. Um, I love doing the show. It's a lot of fun. Um, I um, do one-on-one -on -one sessions over Skype and phone, as well as a lot of energetic work, hands-on. Um, I've been told I have magic hands. And um, I, I, I'd, I'd like to believe that myself. And I just, um, I really, pri uh, I guess pride myself or know about myself that I'm willing to be really present with whoever's with me. And it's um, partly because I've, I've been and done almost everything you can be and do in the world that doesn't look pleasant. And um, I know it's possible to really let go of all of that and just really step into who you are. I really know that. And so you can get a hold of me um, through my website. You can also find me at Riola, comma, Simply Being on Facebook. And um, my phone number is 720-336-3269 if you want to have a chat. Awesome. That's an invitation. Um, so thank you so much. And thank you for everyone on the line. Thanks, Judy, for your questions and comments. And uh, we will talk to you all next week. Um, Susan Lazar Hart will be on the show um, Wednesday, and I believe it's at uh, 9 a.m. Mountain, 10 a.m. Let me see, 10 a.m. Central, is that? Yeah, 10 a.m. Central, 11 Eastern. Um, so her and I will be talking about relationships. So I'm sure it will be a very fun adventure as well. So thank you so much, Rio. This has been really, really, really awesome. I got a lot of new insight from this, just your perspective is really, really important. It contributed a lot to me, and I, I know it, I'm sure it did to everyone listening now and in the future. So thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, bye, Thanks guys. Thanks for having me on. Bye.